if I was to imagine money like I was in a relationship with it, like a partner, like a best friend, what would money have to say about your relationship? Welcome to the Equipped Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Laconi, and I am a business and branding strategy coach, multi-six-figure CEO, and I'm obsessed with empowering female entrepreneurs. If you are looking to walk through entrepreneurship equipped with the business skills, strategies, mindset, and well-being to sustainably grow your business, then you are in the right place, friend. My goal in this podcast is to teach you the life lessons and the strategies that I have personally learned over the past decade of being an entrepreneur. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of She Gets Me Entrepreneur Chat on topics guaranteed to boost your business growth and income. If you're ready for tactical skills mixed with some sisterhood real talk about the world of entrepreneurship, then let's make it a date weekly and take this journey together. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Equip Entrepreneur Podcast. I have a really special guest today. You guys are in for a treat. I have Kelly Brock. Kelly Brock is a 36-year-old entrepreneur and CEO of Kelly Brock Co. It's a coaching firm that empowers women to live out authentic and abundant lives from self-leadership and intuition development to branding and sales. Kelly coaches women to define the life they desire and equips them with the tools they need to make it their reality. Kelly, First of all, thank you so much for being here. I know you have a busy schedule, but I know that so many people are going to have great value from what you have to say today. So welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. I mean, I've been an Elizabeth fan for about a year, so this feels like the next best (laughs) opportunity to be with you in your world. So I'm thrilled. Well, I've been a Kelly fan for a couple of years, and I'd love to actually start by sharing how I know Kelly I knew her before she knew me because the power of social media is that you stumble upon posts or people that you resonate with. And Kelly had this post, Kelly, you might, you probably know exactly which one this one is. I saw it. I want to say it was probably two years ago, maybe more than that, where you are sitting at a makeup behind a makeup mirror and you're in your gown and you're at your network marketing at that time, your company, and you were ready to get on stage. And you had a last minute decision to not go on stage and to get on a plane and go home. Mm. And I think it was for one of your kids' birthdays. It was my daughter's fourth birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I found that post. I don't know how. Probably the universe was like, you need to read this post, Elizabeth. Mm. And it resonated so much at that time. I don't know what year. What year was that? Well, I think you probably were posting it after the fact. But yeah. I stumbled upon it and I saved it. I Mm. saved it because I was like, there's something about this woman and this post really resonated with me. And then I sat on it and I don't actually think I saw anything of yours for the next year, which is crazy. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Instagram algorithms. But I saw when you launched a three-day workshop last fall. Yeah, I think it was E3. Is that the name of it? And it was incredibly affordable. And it was at a time in my life where I was in between. Like, Mm -hmm. I just was like, this isn't it over here, but I don't know what it is that I'm going towards. And I felt this pull 
to join this masterclass with you. And that was my first experience learning from you. I fell in love and I messaged you afterwards and said, I think I need to be a part of your mastermind. But the problem was, is that I actually didn't have the funds readily available in my bank account. So I was like, I'm going to put it on a credit card (laughs) because, and I'm not lobbying that everyone do this because actually I had cut up my business credit card. I don't know if you remember this. I had to call and get reapproved. I had to wait for this whole process because that is how much I was like, yes, I need Mm. to be in Kelly Brock's world. And it worked out, got it paid. And I was immersed into your mastermind and was a student from day one. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things that you have provided me, and I know you have been able to do this for so many different women, is you allowed me the space to just be me Mm -hmm. and just to sit with where I was, which was really uncomfortable. And I resisted. There were many times that I would raise my hand on your mastermind and be like, but no, but no, what do I do? What do I do? Because, you know, I'm the projector, I'm the strategist, and you just helped me slow down and really tap into the feminine side that I had never done before because I was the overcomer, the the hustler. That was the mentality that I had. That's how you get things done. And it was the most powerful thing that I could have been a part of at that time that I didn't know I needed. So wow. thank you for hosting that space. Obviously, this is a space you still have for people. I'm wearing my sweatshirt, this conscious leader sweatshirt. Um, but it's been so, it was so pivotal for me. And that's why I wanted to bring you on here today, because one, you've had a, a huge impact in my life, but you have an impact in so many entrepreneur, female entrepreneurs' lives and their mm. journeys. And I'm just excited to have you here. So I I briefly touched on the fact that you were in network marketing, and I know you have that background, but would you mind telling everyone how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to actually comment on that post that you mentioned you know, and even you being in my mastermind, you know, the post Elizabeth was talking about. So for everyone to know, I, at age 22, started a network marketing business. And it was like, I met the vehicle. I met the exact place I needed to be. I had always dreamed of being my own boss, Um, entrepreneurship and freedom and flexibility and all of those things were exciting to me. And I ended up joining a network marketing company and within six months earned my first free car with the company. Over 10 years had top trips, you know, to Hawaii was driving a pink Cadillac eight and a half of the 10 years that I was in the company. You know, I was a leader um, and a darling of this company. I was on a billboard in Times Square twice. Like I was doing the dang thing. Like, where's the top? How can I get there? Let's go. And I really was doing it from what I thought was a very wholehearted space. And I think what started as a yes had started to expire. And I was unwilling to shift and understand that, like, you can just, you can be just as powerfully called to something as you can be called away. And what ended up happening was I manifested. Um, And by manifest, I mean, I made in me a anxiety and depression 
And so it wasn't until the last two years in my business, um, right after the birth of my son, I had a, um, a little girl and then a little boy. And after my son was born, I thought I had postpartum depression. And what I found out was it really was just anxiety and depression. And so I started to be like, no, this is not me. It did not identify. I, I mean, I remember going to doctors and they were just like, so, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, nothing. You tell me. I love my job. I wear, I get up, I do my work, I put on makeup, I, you know, get online, I lead my team, I love my kids. Like I'm married to the love of my life. Like what's going on with me? I just could, there was no major capital T trauma for me to understand, like, why did this thing happen to me? And it had overcome me. It was burning me down to the point that I couldn't even breathe correctly. Like I would have to lean to the side to like get a full breath. And so I, it had, become so prevalent that I had to pay attention to it. And so as I started to look into how did I get sick, I started looking into how did I get sick? Where did this go wrong? And it was the first season of my whole life I started what I now know is self-awareness work. And I started to really say, what's happening? What's changed? What's going on? And I started to look into all the departments of my life. And I started to notice that there was smoke. And where there's smoke, there's fire. And I was like, oh, I haven't been dealing with the fact that this thing isn't really what I want anymore, or that I'm too afraid to deal with money, or that I'm not being honest with my partner about what I really want around my life, or that I'm you know, stressed about parenting expectations. It was just like everywhere. I was just like, crap, I'm <laughs> falling apart. And that didn't match my identity. And so you talked about this moment on that I posted about to paint a picture for everyone who's listening. It was my most successful year of my entire career. I was about to be honored on stage and it was the night before my daughter's fourth birthday and my entire soul. I can even feel it now. I was sick to my stomach. I had a lump in my throat and every bit of me was just like, I don't want to walk on this stage. I don't care if they know me anymore. I don't care. I want to go home to my babies. Like I, it was such a radical move for me. And I ran in sequin dress and high heels back to my hotel, got my suitcase, flew home. And I was with my daughter. I took a red eye home and was there at 4am the next morning for her on her fourth birthday. And I just remember feeling such satisfaction with myself. And it was like, finally, you are being the woman you say that you are. You are honoring the values. You know, I would say faith first, family second, career third. And I lived career all day. And everything that mattered to me got the residue. And so what I chose in that moment was a, a radical act of authenticity. I didn't know how to say that then, but it was just like my soul couldn't do it anymore. And I watched that shift my entire life. Within six months from that day, I walked away from my entire network marketing company, which was 70% of our home income, was my entire adult life friend group. Um, within weeks of me leaving that company, I was unfriended and unfollowed by hundreds, if not thousands of people online. My biggest fear was, you know, I had been living for 10 years, not knowing that I was like, putting on a facade, like, love me, let me look like I've got it all together. And please, everyone like me. And my biggest fear was when I realized I don't want this anymore. My biggest fear was they're not going to want me either. If I change my mind, they're going to leave me. And that fear was realized. 
I mean, I, it was not, I even had people in the DMs being like, so now that you've left, left this company, I think I'm not going to follow you anymore. And I was like, you don't have to give me an exit message. Like, just, just don't tell me. Like I was crushed. But what it showed me was like, I only want people who want me. I want to live a life on my own terms. And it showed me how long I had lived for the expectations of other people, the persona that I played that I didn't even know I was playing. That was the truth. I was the epitome of unaware and out of alignment. I didn't know. And so I started to have to do some work on forgiving myself for who I was before I knew, because I truly was not aware that I was hustling and killing myself and out of alignment. But as I became aware, I got really emboldened to want to help other women live their most true life on their own terms. And so that moment that, that, that leaving moment was a radical act for me. And I watched for you, Elizabeth joining my, cause for me, it was almost like I took a redirect. It's like, okay, if you get on the stage, we're being the person we've always been. But if you turn around and run, if you do this whole other thing you've never done before, this whole other way of living, something might be able to change. And I watched that with you joining conscious leader. Cause you were so vulnerable. You were like, this is so uncomfortable, but with me, but I need something different. I, I've got to stop this train going in this other direction. And so I watched you be just like I was, like this radical other direction move. And it has totally opened your world to just all these different realities that we, we just can't see when we're on the path in one direction. And so it's become my work. For the last three years, You know, I have helped hundreds of women connect to their authentic self. I have helped so many people design their business, um, come into their own inner wisdom, which is so cool because, and I just want to share this because it just feels important for me right now. Elizabeth, when she was finished with my mastermind, there was nothing but celebration for the woman she had become and the woman, you know, she was extending out to be because she had self-ownership. Like Elizabeth, I watched you like become your own guide, know what you needed. And when people can find their own self-efficacy, their own confidence, their own guide, it that is like my best day. And so it's been my work to really just tell my authentic story, ugh, leader work in progress, <laughs> vulnerable story, but it it's to inspire other people to connect to what's true inside of them. So it's brought, it's brought me here. And this is why I followed you. And this is why I resonated so much with you because nobody was actually talking about what you were talking about in my world. You were the mm. first person that was, and yes, it happens to be the industry of network marketing, but really it could have been any industry, but yeah. that spoke to where I was because like you, I also had a lot of success in network marketing and the year that I started to think this isn't it was my most successful year as well. And so it was a little bit like the twilight zone because I was reading your post and then I started to see your stuff and do that kind of normal stalking of understanding your, your story. And I was like, this is crazy because the parallels between the two of us were not coincidental. Mm -mm. Obviously, Like I know that I, I found you for a reason but you were the first person that gave me permission to say, I don't have to stay with this if this isn't what lights me up anymore. And I was 
you know, a couple years behind you, really. And that's what I love about coaching is that you get to watch people and take them through a process that you've already gone through yourself or you're still going through. And so the health and the burnout are things that I was starting to deal with and I couldn't put words around it. I couldn't understand it. And then when I started, and this is just a testament to powerful branding too, because you could powerfully talk about that in your social media, you just gave me a space to sit with it and say, is this what I want? And I realized I didn't. And then the fear came up of like, I don't know what the world's going to be like on the other side, because like Mm -hmm. you, I was scared of the repercussions. I didn't know what people were going to say or what they were going to think. And, you know, to that point, you completely left a career, mm-hmm. that career, you left that company, which means I'm assuming the income that came with it. And that had to have been terrifying. It was, it was petrifying. I was 70% of our home income and I was, I was taking a total risk because at that point I, I didn't know what it would mean to leave and, and kind of half leave. And so I terminated myself. I literally called the company and I was like, I'd like to cut all ties, all, all contract, all everything, because I wanted, I wanted what I call moving exclusively forward. I knew for me that I was very attached to this identity, to this world, to these people, um, and I was like, I've already made the decision. And that decision was was like a six-month decision. I was making it, right? And it came to the moment of like, I've made it. And so I cut it off and took a whole risk on me and just said, I want to talk about the things that light me up. And I have been talking about my journey a lot like you, Elizabeth, out loud. I've been telling people about the books I was reading and what I was understanding about like, holy cow, you guys, I think I actually like caused this anxiety in my body. Like, I think I was just sharing and all these women, I mean, executives from top companies to people in network marketing to moms down the street were in my DM saying me too. Like, what was that book you read? And what was that journal prompt you posted the other day? And what's that like thing you're doing? And so I I realized my favorite moments were these moments where I was helping other women. And I was like, I want to do that no matter what it costs. And so we took a big risk and we jumped and I ended up putting all of my energy into moving forward into this new business. And within five weeks from leaving my company, I launched my first program was, which was called anxious achiever project. And all of these women said yes, because this, there was a need. And there was such a, I don't know, there was such a provision there that's outside of what I can even explain, but I was where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there. I was in like such alignment, but it was scary because I was like, I literally hired an assistant before I knew I could pay for my own bills. And her name's Kesley. And I was like, Kesley, I will, I promise I will find the money. Like I'll go get a job at a yoga place. I need your help. Like I... I paid a marketing coach. I hired two coaches and an employee and quit my job and had no client and have one signed client before I left. Like it, and it sounds irresponsible and it can be like, if you were to take that advice, it might be irresponsible for you. But for me, it was, I was so all in. I was like, I will do whatever it takes. And so I really went for it. And again, it ended up working out. Thank God. (laughs) Everyone got paid. 
It did work out. It worked out great. And we love Kesley. Yeah. She's still yeah. with you and she's amazing. So can we chat a minute about money? Because we're kind of touching yeah. on it a little bit. You know, you left your your network marketing career, which was 70% of your income, and you turned around and were investing money with the hope that there's going to be a return on investment, which there was twofold, yeah. probably way more than that. Has your money mindset always been that strong? Because I see that as a really healthy money mindset of knowing, okay, I don't have income now, but I know in order to have it flowing in, I've got to invest it. And that's really hard for people, especially when they don't see the funds to, yeah. to have this mindset of, of actually investing what they don't necessarily have. So good. Okay. So I had spent 10 years in this company and if you've been a part of network marketing or if you've never really invested in yourself, you don't know why investing in help is helpful. And so in my last two years in my company, I was like seeing the, I was kind of seeing the online space grow. And I was seeing also my company be very like antiquated. And I was just like, I want to learn how to do this thing, this like influencer thing. I want to learn how to grow online. I would like to sell in the DMs, like people were saying, like, I want to figure this out. So I started investing. I invested in a life coach and I invested in a social media business program. And I watched those two things affect my life. And I was on payment plans and I was just like, well, who do I think I am? I remember my first program with my first coach was $2,000. And I was just like, $2,000, I need that $2,000. Like, But I watched it transfer into the way that I led, into the way that I acted, into the way that I created, you know, led my business online. And so by the time I had walked away from my business, I knew that investing in myself meant more money. And the first time you ever invest, it's almost like a Band-Aid because you don't know. You got to rip it off. You, you just are scared the first time, it, whether it's a self-growth course or it's getting support in your business, you're going to look at that money and go, I need that. But it's that is actually an investment because I think of myself like value. So what I now have in me, like even in this moment, Elizabeth, like when you hired me as a, as a coach, if you had hired me four years ago, I would not be as valuable, but I'm now holding every investment, every coach, every leader, every support, every team member. I become this valuable asset of a person because of all the value I've invested in me, right? My time, uh, this was a kind of a trippy thing. I had never been paid for my services when I left my network marketing business. I was always paid by selling product and growing a team. So you taught for free, you spoke for free, you shared all your information for free. So the, one of the biggest growth things for me was saying, was overcoming and going, wait, people will really pay for this information I've been giving away for free that people are not even valuing. <laughs> like, and what blew my mind, I had my first coaching client and she was actually a uh, part of a network, mar another network marketing company. And she paid to work with me. And I was like blown away. I couldn't even believe I had a signed client. And then I watched the way that she hung on every word, every task, every accountability, every week of our coaching calls. And I watched her entire business and life change. And I thought, oh, there really is something here when you exchange money. 
Because when you exchange money for something, you have to show up. We treat anything that's free like it's free, casually. But the minute we have to put a dollar down, we have to go, do I really want to give that dollar for this? It really brings a different level of us. So I had to do some worthiness stuff around believing in my own worth. And I can even speak to that, what I had to do, because I had never asked for a dollar in my life. I was never paid for anything until I jumped ship. It's crazy. And I relate to that so much. And this is something that you also helped me work through because yes, you're correct. In the industry of network marketing, you're giving your time and your value for free. It's just part of the 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 structure and shifting. I, I didn't realize how much I needed help in my money mindset until I shifted out of network marketing. And all of a sudden I had not only to figure out how to grow something different that was my own, truly mm-hmm. my own with no infrastructure, but I also had to do work to realize what am I worth? Like, what yeah. am I really worth charging and get past that? And I listened to an earlier podcast episode of yours. It's one of your very first ones, actually. And it talked about, like like me, we had money coming in through network marketing, mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily mean that we knew what to do with it. We didn't know mm-hmm. how to manage it. I, Like I said, I never really knew I had a money mindset issue until I was in this position right here. And I loved that episode. And maybe you can speak a little bit to like how you made that transition to, yeah. yeah, you were making money. And then you started your own coaching business and you started to make money. You were investing, you started to make money. But what kind of work did you really have to do in order to learn the skills of really being your own CEO and managing your funds, but also building that that value and you talk a lot about energetics with with money and the exchange and I'd love if you could share some of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let me speak first to when you go into the marketplace and you've never had it. I mean, I've worked with so many clients, you know, we're talking about a network marketing shared experience, but I've had people who are lawyers. I've had people who are teachers. I've had people who, you know, ha- have had an entire experience and I'm like, "Hey, people will pay you." for that education. They're like, what? No. Like, so it's a new mindset belief when you're coming in and there's kind of a recipe that I look at. I look at, first of all, what's the marketplace you're going into? What's kind of what you do worth? Like if you were to become a coach, you know, quotation marks, like what does a coach maybe get paid? If you were to become a health coach, what is it? You know, so there's a little bit of market research to see like, what's the range then you have to really say, what expertise do I bring? And so I had to make a list, like, what do I bring to the table? And it was like, I've done sales and marketing and advertising and team building and leadership and mindset work. I like made a list of all these things I bring to the table in a moment with me. And it was like, okay, that's pretty rich. Like there's a lot of, I'm not new to leadership. I'm just new to this online space. I've been doing this for a decade. So then I actually made a list of like, 30 reasons or more. I do this for my clients. I'm like, you need to write 30 reasons or more why you believe in yourself and you know you will change someone's life. And what it does is it forces you to really look at yourself and go, I have so much value to give. And until you're in an internal state of going, I really am going to change someone's life. I'm really going to bless someone's life when they choose to invest with me. You can't sell. 
from scarcity. You have to sell from a space of abundance. And so even offering yourself in the marketplace, there's such a belief level that has to be there. And you know, my first client knew she was my first client. I said, listen, I've never done this before. You would be my first client. And I was like, but here's what I know I bring to the table. I will bring everything I have. I will do all it takes. Like I really, and she was like, I'm in. So there, if you are someone who's considering like, do I have what it takes? You've got to get to that belief level first. Why does this matter to you? And what, you know, why do you believe that you could actually make a difference? Because people will exchange money for the value. um, And you've got to see the value in yourself first. So speaking about money habits, y'all, I had no idea, but I was someone who knew how to make money, but I didn't know how to keep it. And so even though I was successful on paper and, you know, on status, there were times I went grocery shopping. It was like swiping with one eye closed, like, please don't over withdraw. Like, ah, you know, like actually there was one time I had to leave the grocery cart with my two-year-old daughter and I was like, we'll be back. Like, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed at my local hair steeder. Like I had to leave the cart and I'm walking outside to my pink Cadillac. Like, what does this say? Just because you know how to make money does not mean you're wealthy or successful. And so I had really rough habits with money. I also was very achievement driven. So I would like invest money in finishing goals. And like, it was just, it was bad. It was like not good. So when I came into this other season of my life, I started to notice kind of the same behavior of let me work as hard as I can. Let me make as much money as I can. Let me swing out here so that I could feel peaceful in my finances. But what I was never looking at or slowing down to look at was my habits and my inside relationship with money. And it was about six months into my new business that I invested in financial coaching. And I started to really spend, honestly, the last two and a half years. I have consistently been in a money world and a money program because I have had such deep misunderstandings and relationship with money. And so I I am a work in progress, but until you understand how you relate with money, you will never be the master of it. And so for me, my story was, if I have blank, then I can be happy. So it was always a certain amount of money. And I had to learn to slow down and go, whoa, 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 what's my real relationship with money? And why does this keep happening? Because I I brought the same pattern into a new place. Makes so much sense. This is so good. And I have to go back to where you said one of the things that you have your mastermind or your clients do is the 30 reasons Mm -hmm. why you bring value. I have it right over here. Like I go back to it all the time and I remember doing that exercise and it's so important and it's one of the biggest lessons I had to really learn and I'm still learning if I'm being honest with you is when I start to second guess, can I receive money? Can mm-hmm. I, will people pay me this or pay me anything? I go back to that list and it reminds me who I am and what my gifts are in what I'm able to offer other people and truly serve people. And it's such a powerful exercise that anybody can do. Anybody can write down 30 things. Well, and I love that you said receiving money. Mm-hmm. Receiving, so I do love to talk about energetics. Mm-hmm. 
And receiving is actually a very feminine energy, right? Like if you think of receiving, it's kind of a leaning back, it's a letting in. And we can only allow in something we believe believe in and believe we are worth. And so, you know, we hope for these like dreams to come, but it's like, if you don't believe you are worthy of those dreams, if you don't believe you're worthy of that amount of money, every time you head towards it, you will have resistance. You will not ask for it. You'll avoid it. You won't post the thing. You won't make the call to action. You won't do what you're supposed to do because there's an internal belief system. And so one of the important things to just really understand about money, you know, I would ask people to even just, if you're resonating with this, I would ask you to think, what's your dominant pattern with money right now? Like, is it anxious? Are you an avoider? (laughs) Is it a combination of the two? And one of the, one of the most powerful questions, um, that shifted for me around money was if you're, if you considered money as a, as a friend or a partner, like for me, my husband's name is Josh and I go, Oh, you're, you're a real thing. And you're my partner. If I was to imagine money, like I was in a relationship with it, like a partner, like a best friend, what would money have to say about your relationship? How does money feel inside your relationship? Like for me, money was like, oh, money feels disrespected. Money's like, you call me up when you need me. And then you never look at me for the next 60 days until you realize I'm not there. But I'm not there because you don't pay attention to me, right? Like when I started to think of it literally like a human, like how would money act? Because just like we relate to people, everything in our world is a relationship. And so I realized, whoa, I I beg for you to come in. I hustle for you. I tell you I'm going to treat you great. I tell you I'm going to look at you. I tell you I'm going to have habits. I tell you I'm going to invest you. And then I don't. And then I spend you on things that don't matter. Then I don't thank you when you're here. I'm not grateful when you arrive unexpectedly. I'm not noticing all the small things that you do to make my life easier. Y'all resonating? Like when I started realizing, like just like my husband, if he was like, you don't notice the small things I do for you and you don't notice how I take care of your life. Have you had to think about the bills or the lights on lately? I do that for you every month. Like when I started to go like, holy cow, I have such a sick and abusive relationship with money. Why would it even want to come near me? How could I even receive it? It's going, I don't want to come near you. You're sick. And so when I started going like, oh my gosh, money will never want to stay with me and be in a healthy relationship with me unless I apologize. Unless I go, man, what are all these sick and unconscious ways? You know, like if you think about a fight with your spouse, it's like, hey, I didn't know I was doing that. But I just found out, I'm so sorry. Like I've had to apologize to my husband a million times to just be like, I didn't, I couldn't see that then, but I see it now and I'm sorry. And the same thing has been such a shift for me around money in my business because why would money ever want to help me build a million dollar business when I can't even keep records? When I, when I make money and I spend it on stupid things. When I'm like, I'll invest it in that coach, I promise. And then I'm like, ooh, what Target have going on this weekend? You know, like whatever it is. It's So yeah, that was a massive shift. And it's one of the big things that we went through in Conscious Leader and that I am constantly taking 
my clients through, especially in business, because we dream of this version of ourselves, but you have to be a match to that. And that person for me, who runs this really big coaching firm, who has employees, who has consistent and safety and security around her money, she's not afraid to look at her money. She's not afraid to be accountable to it. She's consistent. She's uh, in a relationship with it. So I had to really go like, whoa, I'm not a match for the things I want in the way that I'm relating to money. And that was profound. That, that was a truth telling I needed to say to myself to like sober up a little bit. It's so good. I love the analogy of of money feeling like a relationship. I heard you say this on on that podcast episode and I was on a walk and I was like, oh my God, like that's it. That's it. That's the best analogy, metaphor, whatever the word is for what I was doing. I was doing the same thing and even recently caught myself doing the same thing too, not appreciating the money that was coming in. And I've said this earlier, but I want to bring it up again. The biggest thing that you helped me realize and this applies to money or to to anything in life and just receiving is it's really that dance between the masculine and the feminine and I lean very far to the masculine you mm-hmm. helped me understand there is a feminine side and what that feels like in the body and what that looks like and it's sometimes hard for me to to, to balance myself between the two mm-hmm. but you helped me realize how to be and be in a state where I could receive love, I could receive money, I could receive opportunity, whatever the case is. And it's actually something I've been revisiting in the last month of growing my own coaching business. And I'm talking to a lot of female entrepreneurs who are in a place where they they need money. Mm-hmm. Like they People need money, not everybody, but a lot of people need money. And the, the default that most people do or have is do. What can Mm. you do? Which is important. I mean, you can't sit back and- and It's a part of it. Right. But that's the default that I was going in up until recently, like literally in the last week of recording this podcast of just, I need to make sure I'm doing this. I need to make sure I'm doing this. I need to connect with this person. I need to record another podcast episode. I need to do another post. I need to do this, 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 and this. And nothing, I wasn't getting anything from it other than just frustration. And so I had to swing back over and I was wondering, can you talk about what that feels like? Because it's hard for me to explain what it, what it means to balance the two and to know you got to do things, but you got to also put yourself in a state to where you can just be. Absolutely. I, I like you. I really love doing. I, I actually really feel accomplished and uh, it's exciting for me to see something come together and there's an action taking. Where people get out of alignment is when we swing into the doing too hard at what we call masculine energy, which is a forward, uh, competitive, directive, um, yeah, action taking energy. And there's this other side. We are not human doings. We are human beings. And so what I have taught my clients is I want you to go to being first and the being will always inform what you're supposed to do. 
And that's where we're not used to that, where, you know, all of society really rewards and acknowledges uh, the accomplishments. And so it's kind of hard to switch to the other side of the pendulum and be, be like, okay, so I'm going to do nothing and connect with my inner self and no one's going to know the progress that I'm making or, you know, the shifts that are happening in me. And I'm like, yes, because it will be from that space that you will find this whole other answer inside of you, what I call your inner wisdom. And so even down to making money, even down to fixing your finances, even down to what program should I launch? Or if I was to start my own business, or if I was to make other money, you don't have it. So I want you all to tap into like the physical vision of your brain. We have two sides of our brain. There's the left and the right. And the left is your survival brain. And it is all fact, history. uh, It's task-oriented it's your more masculine kind of side. And then the right side of your brain is your, what I call your sage brain. And that's the more creative, intuitive, uh, inspired um, side of your brain. And so what happens is we go, oh no, I need to make money. And we go straight to the left side of our brain. What do I need to do? And that side of our brain only has information based on history. So it's like, okay, what did I do last time when I was broke? What did I, what do I need? What, like what facts, who do I know? We, it's, it's very limited. And instead, if you would go to the right side of your brain, which is the way that we tap into that is by pausing, is by being calm. And that could be anything from mindfulness to meditation to prayer, to journaling, to walking, to showering. It's turning off that doing brain and it's just kind of being in a being space. This is why a lot of times answers to prayers and intuitive things drop in in the shower because you gave your doing side something to do while it was washing its hair, you know, your hair or shaving your legs. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I should call Sarah. You know, like this thing drops in because you've opened up the side of your brain that's like, hi, I have answers for you. There's this inner wisdom that's like, hey, we don't have to burn it down like we did last time. What if this was the time for you to start your business? And you're like, oh, whoa, that really connected with my soul. And so that side of your brain comes from time, space, and energy just being. Again, walking, meditating, breathing, connecting with your body, mindfulness, And those can be little bits of minutes and it could be longer if you want to, but the more that you are tapping into that side of your brain and asking for support, that's when you start to receive like ideas and inspiration that then tells you exactly what to go do. Because Elizabeth was told by her other side of her being brain, you should start a podcast. You should join that mastermind. You should, it was all these things she didn't know she should do before if she just stayed on the history brain. But as she started to relax into trusting herself into praying and to resting and opening up that other side, new ideas dropped in and then there was a thing to do. And so I'm not someone who, I, I'm not gonna meditate on a rock all day. I'm just not. I really love taking action, but it's, only from the informed space of like, what was the clarity I got in my beingness? And 
when I'm in that energy, it always helps inform me to the best next steps I should take rather than the scared, scary steps I try to take when I'm in a state of stress, especially around money. This is this is really, really good. And I will add, it can often feel very counterintuitive. It does to me at times yeah. when I know I need this to come in and I, I feel this sense of urgency, maybe and we're talking about money, if it's about money, my first thought is, let me go sit down and pause and meditate. Let me go take a walk. My first pause is, I need to get out there. I need to yep. do this. And it's often reminding myself, and this is where journaling has come in handy with me as well, of of reminding myself what does happen when I do pause mm-hmm. and having that proof. But that means you have to do it at some point right. to have those types of results. You've got to get some evidence for it. Because if not, it we just like, if this is a new thought for you, you're like, okay, y'all are crazy. Like I, I thought that too. The first time I went to a mindfulness thing, I was just like, I have to sit here for an hour. Like my mind was spinning. I didn't know how to slow down, but it becomes a capacity. You kind of open up to a little bit more and more and like journaling. And in those moments, journal a question you'd like an answer for. You know, say, God, you know, spirit, whoever you speak to, what would you have me understand about my money situation right now? Or what solutions do you have available to me around my money situation right now? And you may get a message that's like, just trust. And you're going to be like, what the crap? Like, no, you know, and there's some wisdom there, right? You're going to have to choose it. Am I going to believe that? Or it may say, this is your moment to start the podcast or call Becky. She wanted to work with you and you haven't followed up and you're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. But those things are not accessible when we're in scary brain, that survival historic brain. And so it's only, listen to me, it's only from the slowing down and tapping into the higher wiser which every single human has a capacity for. That's why we have two sides of the brain. We don't have one brain. It's One is not better than the other. We need both. There is always a being that leads to the right doing. And it takes enough space, especially around money. Nothing, nothing scares us more than money. Nothing scares us more than money because we know we need it to survive in this life. And so there is such a, a healing that has to happen, especially for women around money. There are still worthiness issues and equality issues and education issues. Like the truth is I was not educated around money. Of course, I have no idea how to handle it. I'm 36 learning how to do what I assumed everybody knew how to do before. And I'm finding out, oh, great. (laughs) A lot of people don't know how to do it either. And so we're all really living in such a state of internal stress all the time because we haven't learned how to relate to money. And so the truth is, I want to share this. I'm about three years into this real work with money and my patterns are not gone, but they're better than ever. Like I find them showing up again and I'm just like, oh, there you are again. There's that thing I do where I go to hustle to to make ends meet. Like, And I'm able to like kind of recollect. And so it may take time to overcome some of these things, but isn't that better than the alternative of not dealing with it? And so I'd rather take the time and do the work than to keep repeating what's been killing me. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I will say my CPA has seen a 
total evolution of me in the last 10 years of an entrepreneur to where hot mess express from the beginning that was like, do what? Just tell yeah. me where to sign. And, and to a month ago where I'm sitting down across from her saying, help me understand oh, because that. I want to really own my role as CEO of my own business. And Elizabeth, I, I did that too. I did that too. At this time I said, can you help me understand? What does that mean? Before people were like, do you have a SEP IRA? Do you have a 401? Like, I'm like, what are you even saying right. to me? These are like a whole nother language. But again, I want to go, where's this money going? And what's this for? And why is this important? Like, help me understand. And that has felt so empowering to like say, educate me because there is empowerment in that information. Absolutely. You have given some amazing, tangible value today. And before we wrap up, and we're going to definitely tell everyone where to find Kelly and everything that she offers, is there any final thoughts that you have that you would tell any woman listening to this who maybe she's in a shift, maybe she is taking a leap, leap and she mm, is in trust. She's in trust right now. And maybe mm. things aren't going as fast as she wants them to. What would you say? Yeah. I have kind of two thoughts that showed up for the woman that's in trust and in a state of change. I just want to say you can trust yourself. You, you don't know until you face your fear that you won't die. And for me, I started to understand that I was being called to something new and that felt scary. And also that's normal. It is a normal part of the growth zone for you to feel like fear and panic and resistance. And so if you're feeling that that's not a sign not to go there, it's a sign you are on the edge of change. It's actually an indicator. You're right where you're supposed to be. And the minute you step over and you've made a decision, you're there and you will find new capacities in yourself. Like I've never felt more proud or capable in myself in my life. And I want that for as many women as possible to know that you will find new depths of yourself, but those are signs that you're right where you're supposed to be, not that you shouldn't be moving forward. Um, so trust yourself and keep moving forward into that thing that's calling you. And around money, I, I'd love to say uh, two things around this. One is it's really important to expand your consciousness, meaning your awareness around money. I started listening to like podcasts like Susie Orman and I started getting books around money and I started entering into to understanding things because we we actually have a nervous system that goes, ah, I don't know what that is. So the more that you know what something is, you won't resist it as much. So even just starting to educate yourself, like I'm listening to like buy bonds for treasury bonds for, and I'm like, I don't even know what that is yet, but I'm learning. And so the more that you open up just even information, it makes all this less scary. And I also have a really, really powerful tapping script um, that I, I can maybe send to you, Elizabeth, and we can extend it to your audience. And it's a money rewiring tapping script. And it's actually helping you to affirm your relationship with money, your responsibility with money, your um, you know expression of money in the world. And it hits all the different parts of your um, energetic system. And so it's, I've watched so many women feel so much more empowered from that tapping script. So I highly recommend it if anyone is wanting to really take on money 
as a, a shift in their life. Yes. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. If you're willing to share that. Yeah, I would love it. It's where great. can people find, where can people find you? Like I did. Yes. Yeah. So I spend most of my time on Instagram. So I'm Kelly Brock on Instagram. You can um, find everything that my company is doing the great work we're doing, kellybrockco.com. Um, we have an entire firm and collective and programs um, that you can find yourself connected with. And then I have a podcast called, called Guide Not Guru. And um, we're not recording at the moment, but we have, man, 26 amazing episodes from our first you know, uh, season. And it's been so fun to just get to start conversations with women. So I hope that you know, however you want to connect, please reach out. Um, just like Elizabeth, I really like to know people. You know, I, I've dropped the vanity kind of growth a long time ago, and I, this is just really real for me. So I would love to connect. Being in Kelly's world, whatever that means to you, whether that is just following her on Instagram or being in her mastermind or any of her various programs, she has a lot and is always, always launching new ones because she's just full of value and different, different things to offer people is, is a gift. You're truly a gift. You are a breath of fresh air. I'm so glad that our paths crossed. I know they did for a reason. And I'm just really grateful for you and the value you've brought on this podcast. Thank you Thank so much. You. Yeah. And Elizabeth, I would really love to honor you because I have watched you step into your power this last year. Like when we started talking, I'm like, you're amazing. Like you are brilliant. You know so much. Like, and to watch you be owning your place in the marketplace and really stepping into such like you, you you let people in when you're in the middle of it. And that is a mark of a real authentic leader. Like that, that's someone I can trust. And the more that I've watched you just be so transparent, both powerful in the work that you do and human in your experience, it just makes me buy into you even more. And so I hope your world is starting to share you and bring you to more of the world because it's refreshing to hear you and to watch you. So I'm just like celebrating the most you you've ever been. And it's just like, there she is. I like freaking love it. Well, thank you. Well, you've had a huge part of it. You really, really did. You've helped me with that major shift. And so I'm just grateful for you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. This was the best. Hey friend, I hope today's episode equipped you with what you need to feel inspired to take action or even change. And if so, I would be so grateful if you would leave me a review and then share this on social media with a friend or a colleague who could benefit. So much of what I share, if not all of what I share, is exactly what I've walked through. So I relate to you more than you realize. And hey, if you're craving more and are ready to connect beyond this podcast, I'd love to encourage you to connect with me on Instagram. That's at Elizabeth Laconey.